would invite you to take your Bibles and uh, turn with me to the Gospel of Luke, uh, chapter 13. I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 17. I know this is a lengthy passage, so I'm going to invite you to listen fast. Well, somebody's awake out there. There we go. Now, there were some present at that time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. Jesus answered, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this way? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you too will all perish. Or those 18 who died when the tower in Siloam fell on them, do you think they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. But unless you too repent, you too will all perish. And then he told a parable. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years now I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. On the Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hand on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue leader said to the people, There are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, but not on the Sabbath. The Lord answered them, You hypocrites! Doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie your ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, who Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? When he said all this, all his opponents were humiliated. But the people were delighted with the wonderful things he was doing. They say that good news travels fast, but it's been in my experience that bad news can travel faster. And when we think about the news around us now, we have to think about all the varied ways that news travels. Some of us grew up with a newspaper, a morning newspaper, and the six o'clock news. And now there's more news over the course of 24 hours than we could ever adequately consume. And if you can't get enough from your newspaper or your television, you can always go to your laptop or your watch or your phone and find more and more news. And if you're not careful, the rabbit hole of news can take you to a very dark place. There's just not much good news out there. And it amazes me 
that as we think about faith, specifically about the Christian faith, that we can come to know God by faith in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Folks, that's good news. But we are surrounded by bad news religion. Now, this isn't just like the bad news bears who were cute and clumsy and essentially harmless. When religion becomes bad news, it does harm. It hurts people. And many of us here today can tell our stories of where faith, religion, church, religious leaders have been a source of bad news in our lives. Bad news religion is religion that bears no fruit, or if it does bear fruit, it bears bad fruit. fruit. Jesus tells the story of the, of the man with the, with the fig tree. It looked good. By all accounts, if you looked at that tree, it should have been bearing fruit. An abundance of fruit. But it was barren. The owner says to the gardener, you know, there's no need to waste any more soil. No need to waste any more light or oxygen on it. Just take it out. And we're told that the gardener said, hang on. Let me have it for one more year. Let's show it a little bit of hope. You need to be careful of bad news religion that bears bad fruit, that brings shame or guilt. Bad news religion actually pushes us away from God instead of drawing us towards God. Bad news religion pushes us away from other people instead of drawing us together as God's children. That's bad fruit. What, what might good fruit look like? Well, we could be as simple as going to the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, where Paul says the fruit of the Spirit is love, and joy, and peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's the kind of fruit that good news religion will bear in your life. Or, or maybe we simply look over to the words of Jesus in the Beatitudes. That blessed, blessed are, are those who are poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek and those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful and the pure in heart and the peacemakers and those who are persecuted because of righteousness. This is what good fruit looks like if we're a part of good religion. Rejecting the bad fruit of shame or guilt or rejection and embracing the good fruit of God's change in our lives. Bad news religion, bad news religion is insensitive to the needs of others. It's really about me and taking care of me. It's really about looking for a faith that blesses me. 
the number of times I've talked with folks who are looking for a church. And what they're looking for is what a church can do for them. Now, church ought to be able to offer something to us. But there's a very, probably in 40 years, not even the number of fingers on one hand, where I've encountered people looking for a church to see where they could contribute, where they could serve, where there was something they could give, where they could move beyond their selfishness and their self-interest to look to the needs of others. Micah 6.8 says, what does, what does God require of you? Do justice. Love mercy. And walk humbly with God. Think about that, folks. Two out of the th- three things that the prophet mentions as what God is asking for us have to do with how we deal with one another. To live justly. To give mercy. And then to walk humbly with God. It is so easy for us to become comfortable with things the way they are. We, we are told in this story, this woman had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. Had not been able to stand up straight for 18 years. And don't you know that day by day, she passed people who saw her. And then maybe noticed her. And then maybe didn't notice her at all. They just became comfortable with things as they were. That's an awfully big challenge for us as God's people to be willing and able to shake up things as they are. But you know, I'm grateful that in the 50s and 60s and even into the 70s in this world, in this country, that there were men and women, black and white, who said the system that we're living with in our society and in our churches can't stay. And it took some shaking up. But it was change that was necessary. It was change that was good. People had grown accustomed to things just being the way they were. I'm glad we don't live in that world anymore. Now, that is easy for me to say as a white guy that we don't live in that world anymore. The reality is that world is... It doesn't know it's beat yet. There is still evidence around us. And we are called as Christ followers to do our best to stamp it down and keep it down and put it out. Be careful about becoming comfortable with the status quo. You think about Jesus telling the story of the Good Samaritan. The guy's a businessman. He gets jumped, he gets robbed, he gets left naked and half dead. Two people, we're told, wander by. They lean over and they take a peek and then they keep on going. 
They were religious leaders on their way most likely to temple service. And for them, keeping the rules and staying ceremonially clean was more important than taking the risk of getting down in the ditch and helping a man in need. Instead, it was a Samaritan. Someone who no doubt, if he was the guy in the ditch, nobody would have helped him. But he took the risk. He couldn't leave that guy in the ditch. Instead, he showed mercy to him. Bad news, religion ignores the needs of others. Good news, religion calls us to connect with those around us. Bad news, religion. <laughs> oh, it values how things have been far and above over how things should be. It's about obeying rules and keeping standards and maintaining past practices. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the synagogue leader, instead of rejoicing with that woman, instead of celebrating her healing after 18 years of suffering, Instead, his response is indignance. He's upset. And he says, you know, there are six days that it's okay to heal. So you can, you can heal on one of those six, but, but there's no reason to heal on the Sabbath. There are always those who will want to look back and pay more attention to keeping the rules. than being of help to others and shaping a new future for others. There are those even in religious life who are going to look out for their own self-interest. That's bad news. You know, it's interesting to me, if you ever read of um, you know, the news stories of, of various cults or cult-like um, organizations, there's always just enough religion in there, just enough Bible um, for them to twist. But it's really interesting to me that the leaders always have one set of rules and the followers have another set. And the rules for the leaders are for the leader's advantage. Looking out for themselves first. In Isaiah 43, we're reminded not to look back, but to look to God's future. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Now, I always wince a little bit when I read that verse because I was a history major in college and, 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 and still like history. But we're not to live in the past. Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. How much of God's new work do we miss? Because we're constantly looking back at the good old days. 
And I wonder how many of us, if we were completely honest, would say that the good old days were really as good as we remember them. I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Don't you perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackal and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people whom I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. Folks, bad news religion is all around us. But Jesus is good news. The big word in the New Testament is evangelion, which means good news. The good news about Jesus. The good news that Jesus would preach and teach. But ultimately, the good news is Jesus Himself. And the antidote to bad news religion is to meet Jesus to come into that kind of relationship by faith in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, that we know God in the fullness of His love. That in Jesus, instead of finding shame and guilt and rejection, we find life abundant and free, life overflowing. In, in Jesus, we are freed from trying to look out what's best for us and are invited to join Him in serving others. Good news. Good news that Jesus makes all things new. Jesus makes all people new. Jesus makes you and me new. Oh, not just cleaning us up and scrubbing us and, and putting a spit shine on us from the outside. The new life with Jesus begins with the inside being changed and permeating to the outside. It's always amazing to me how we can uh, get ourselves ready for church on Sunday. When Stephen was probably three, one Sunday morning, we were getting ready for church. I was getting him dressed. And I said, come on, son, let's put your pants on. I don't want to go to church today, Daddy. Why don't you want to go to church today, son? Don't like wearing church clothes. I said, well, we're going. Let's put your pants on. Hmm. So we go to put on a belt. I don't want to go to church today, Daddy. Why don't you want to go to church today, son? Don't like wearing belt. Well, we're going to put your belt on. You're going to church. Get the pants, get the belt, get the shirt on. I don't want to go to church today, Daddy. I said, son, you've been going to church since before you were born. Why, why is today different? Don't like wearing church shoes. I said, well, we're putting your shirt shoes on. Come on, let's go to church. Let's get dressed. Huh. Then he looked up at me one more time and he said, I don't want to go to church today, Daddy. I said, why don't you want to go to church today, son? You preach too long. <laughs> True story. True story. <laughs> I 
But you know what? We can spend a lot of time trying to look good on the outside, trying to impress others with how we act, with what we do. Maybe even thinking that we're fooling God. But the good news, the good news of Jesus is that He can transform us and make something new, changing our hearts, changing our lives. Folks, that's good news.